Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. Open your Bibles with me this morning to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, and we're going to be starting with verse 31 today. That's John chapter 8, beginning with verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. As we look here to give you a little bit of background and Verse 25, the, those who have gathered around Christ here in John chapter 8 have asked him once again, who are you? Who are you? And uh, this isn't the first time they've asked that question. In fact, it will be asked of Christ multiple times. And he answers it multiple times. They, who are you? Tell us who you are. Prove to us who you are. And he would answer and, and uh, talk to them and you know, talk about his father as he does here in, in chapter, chapter 8. He goes on to talk about his father and being sent from his father and everything he does. He uh, does because the father tells him to do. And it says that verse 30, as he spoke these words, many believe in him. Jesus said to those who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you when you and I are talking about bondage, we can be in bondage to many things. We can be in bondage to sin. In fact, before we accept Christ as Lord and Savior, and this is what Jesus is specifically talking about is being in bondage to sin. Allowing sin, uh, being slaves to sin, being controlled by sin, because here's the facts. That if you have not called upon Christ as Lord and as Savior, then you are a slave to sin. Amen. Mm -hmm. Sin owns us. And if you and I want to be set free from sin, then you and I must lean upon the truth, accept the truth that we are sinners, mm -hmm. but that Christ came so that you and I could be set free from the law of sin and death. He came so that you and I could no longer, don't have to no longer be bound to sin, but we could be made free. Amen. And so when you look at the statement, which is quoted so many times in our churches today, which I'm sure most of you have heard it, maybe even have it memorized, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free will make you free. Of course, in this context, Christ is talking about sin. 
But that statement is profound because when it comes to Christ, Christ is in of himself truth. Everything that he spoke was truth. And while he talked about sin, he also made many promises to us. And God's word, the written word, is true. So you have the living word who is Christ and you have the written word. And when you bring those two together, there's freedom. Right? And so, while we, uh, obviously the first step to experiencing freedom, true freedom, is to accept Christ as Lord and as Savior. That's step one. You have to accept Christ as Lord and Savior, and you abide in the Word of God, and we abide in the Word of Jesus, and we are His disciples. And we shall know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. But here's the problem. Beyond the forgiveness of sins, we also find ourselves in bondage to many other things. They are things that we don't necessarily let go of even after we've been saved. The devil torments us with our past. He torments us with insecurities. He torments us over and over and over again, many things that are out of our control, we become bound by those things. They become baggage that you and I carry around. We're in bondage. Now, we're not supposed to be in bondage. Why? Because the truth is supposed to set us free. But the truth has to be applied to every area of our lives. So God's word the teachings of Christ, the written word, the life of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ, the fact that he rose again, everything that he said, everything that he did, everything of who he was is true, plus the written word. With those things, we don't have to be bound to anything. Sin should no longer have dominion over us, control over us, power over us. We should be free. And we also should be free from the torment of the enemy. Amen. Now, one of those things that torments us. Well, if you have a habit that torments you, that has you in bondage, if you have a sin that is consistently besets you and causes you to stumble and fall, the first thing you have to do is confess it. You'll be forgiven and ask God for help. That's how you're set free. The truth is, is that the Bible says that if you ask for forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Right? If you and I repent, he will forgive us. And if you are struggling with a sin, the Holy Spirit inside of you can give you the power to not be in bondage to that sin. If you will believe the truth, the truth is, is that God has set you free and you don't have to be in bondage to it. But many of us don't live our lives with that truth 
that God has made us holy, has sanctified us, made us different from the world, and therefore we don't have to be slave to our bodies any longer. We don't hold on to that truth, but we must grasp it. And if we grasp it and apply that truth to our lives, we will be free from the bondage of habitual sin. Amen. By the sin that so easily besets us. Hebrews said, lay aside every weight. Lay aside every sin that so easily causes us to trip up. And it comes down to the grabbing hold of the spiritual truth that you and I have been set free from sin. Paul said that even I, he said, even he struggled and wanted to do what was right and did what was wrong. Even he made mistakes. So we're going to make mistakes and we're going to struggle from time to time. But our life should not be characterized nor dominated by sin. If it is, we have a serious spiritual problem. So we've been set free. We must apply that truth to our lives. And if we are struggling, call upon Christ. Some of the other things that hold us in bondage. And let me read here. When Jesus said that they needed to be set free. The Jews said, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? The Jews here were offended that Jesus said they needed to be set free, even though they were starting to believe because of what was inside of them. The fact that they were proud to be descendants of Abraham, their patriarch, their forefather, the one who God made the original promise to. They took a great deal of pride in that. So therefore, they were like, listen, who are you to say that we're bound? We belong to Abraham. We are Abraham's descendants. We are Abraham's children. And Abraham had a special place. So therefore, we have a special place. Who are you to say that we're bound? In their minds, they did not see themselves as bound because of their spiritual and physical heritage. The problem with us is, is that we hold on to the coattails of a mom, a grandmom, a grandfather, a dad, and we say, God, I don't need to be set free because mom and dad or grandma and grandpa had a relationship with you. And we don't recognize that we must have our own experience with Christ, and that we cannot hold on to the coattails of our mom, our dad, a grandparent, a patriarch, a matriarch before us. Amen. We must have our own experience with Christ. Salvation is the great equalizer. Amen. And you and I must call upon him individually, ask for mercy and grace and forgiveness. Recognize that we're in bondage and it doesn't matter who our parents were or who our grandparents were or who our great-grandparents were. Amen. Think of whatever great spiritual leader you can think of. Billy Graham, every one of his children had to cultivate and develop a relationship with God themselves. They were not saved simply because they were Billy Graham's children. Amen. 
Whatever leader you want to think, whatever Christian leader, spiritual leader you want to think of, we must recognize that we are in bondage and we need Christ. Yes. We cannot ride the coattails of another. Amen. We're bound by fear. Right? I have a problem with fear in my life. I have a problem of worry in my life. Worrying what tomorrow's going to bring. Worrying if this is going to work out. Worrying if that's going to work out. I have a great deal of anxiety specifically about the future. What's going to happen? What's going to happen tomorrow? Can God really do this? Can God really do that? Can God blah, 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 right? Uh, I struggle and I have a battle inside of me that rages daily. But the truth that I can apply to that fear is, is that God hasn't given me the spirit of fear, yes. but of power, of love, yes. and of a sound mind. Now, I have to say that to myself. God hasn't given me the spirit of fear. God hasn't given me the spirit of fear. God hasn't given me the spirit of fear. Why? If I apply that truth to my life, then I can truly be set free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The truth is, God hasn't given you, and God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. Meaning, we do not have to fear the world. We do not have to fear Satan. We do not have to fear those things around us. Because God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. He's given you the spirit of himself. The Holy Spirit yes. who dwells inside of us. Yes. And the Holy Spirit is greater than the spirit of this world that can cause us to fear. Amen. Yes. See, the devil, the principalities of the air and darkness, they like to make us fear. But God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. Amen. He's given you the spirit of, he's given you a power. Love and a sound mind. Yes. What is that based on? His truth. Yes. The enemy likes to attack us and tell us, cause us to question God's truth. Amen. What God has to say. If he can make you and I question the truth of his word, God's word, then the enemy has already started to get a foothold in our minds. And once he gets a foothold in our minds, he starts an onslaught on the truth of God's word and the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God to the point that he eventually gains more and more and more ground, causes doubt to increase and multiply exponentially till we find ourselves terrified all the time. And I've had those periods in my life where I have had terror. Have you ever known true terror? To really be so scared that it is almost paralyzing to you? You don't want to get up in the morning for fear, out of fear? I've had those out of anxiety. I've had that where I just wanted to sleep because it was easier to be asleep than awake because of fear and anxiety. Because you didn't have to worry about it. I've, I've had that in my life. And that's where I've allowed the enemy to start making me question, causing me to question the goodness of God and who God is. Amen. God's truth. Amen. Because here's the thing. What God promises in his word, he means. Yes. The Bible says that God is not like man, that he should lie. 
Man will lie to us. God will never lie to us. So if God makes a promise in his word, he intends on keeping it. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. And let me tell you, these promises weren't just meant for people way back when. But God promised us, Jesus even made promises to us, to those uh, that, that, that would call upon him as Lord and as Savior. He promised us. And he used uh, the, the, the men of God who penned the scriptures to speak for him on behalf of him, God did, to give us promises. Yes. We believe that the word is inspired, and that means Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but it also means Corinthians and Peter yes, and yes. Galatians and yep. Ephesians and Revelation and John. You, you know, first, second, third John. It means everything, not just the Gospels. Yes. It's not just the red letters. The red letters are critical. But it's not just the red letters of Jesus that are promises. We believe the entirety of the book is inspired by God, therefore the word of God. And so those promises made like God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind, they came directly from God. Yes. If we don't believe that, then there's no, we were to shut the book up right now. Yeah. Amen. That's right. Let's only focus on the red letters. But we don't believe that. We believe in the entirety of scripture as presented to us that it's all inspired and given by God. So let us hold fast to those promises. Yes. Yes. We don't have to be afraid. Amen. We don't have to be scared. And when we are afraid, the first thing that we should do is call upon God. Yes. Don't allow the voice of the enemy to slowly eat away what we know to be true. Amen. Now here's the thing, and I'll tell you, good things happen, bad things happen to good people. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bible said, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. Now you might have trouble, trouble might occur, you will have trouble. Yes. That means people are going to get sick and they're going to die. That means people are going to turn against us. It means we'll be persecuted. It means bad things. You're going to lose your job. It's possible, you know, laid off, fired. Bad things are going to happen in this world. But what did he say? Take heart. I have overcome the world. Meaning that in spite of those bad things, God is still in control. Christ still sits upon the throne. And he still has a plan and a purpose. And see, that's what you and I got to grab hold of. The devil wants to convince us that anytime anything bad happens, that God has abandoned us, that he doesn't love us, that he doesn't care or have a purpose for us. But what the Bible tells us is that he does have a purpose for us. He does have a plan for us. Even when bad things happen, they are part of his purpose sometimes, right? He uses those things. They're part of his purpose to get us from point A to point B. They hurt sometimes. We struggle sometimes. And we say, how can God let this happen? But God has a plan. And so you and I must hold on to the fact that God has a plan. But what does the enemy do? He gets in our mind and tells us that God does not have a plan for us or that God doesn't know what he's doing. That's what he did with Eve. He convinced Eve in the Garden of Eden. He deceived her into believing that God didn't have a plan and that he knew better than God knew and got Eve to eat of the tree. Amen. 
He convinced Eve that he knew better than God, that God was hiding, keeping something. He does, oh, he does that to us today. He tries to convince us that God is keeping something good from us. That God is keeping something good from us and we become upset and jealous and angry and fear dominates our lives and we're held bondage by it. What else? Anger. Yes. Uh -huh. Anger, uh, bitterness hold us bondage because we begin to believe the lies of Satan and we're tired of feeling this way and we're tired of things not going right and we become angry and bitter. But what? We must trust God. What does Psalms 139 tell us? Psalm 139 says that he foreknew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. It says he fashioned your days and events. It says he chose you and called you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Right? He planned out your days before you were even in your mother's womb. So therefore, what that tells me is that God's in control in the good and the bad. Yes, bad things can happen. Bad things will happen. But God is still in control and sits upon the throne. Here's the fact. If God never does another thing for you or for me the rest of my life, he still deserves to be worshipped and yes. honored and praised and glorified. Amen. Now that's not popular preaching today. Because popular preaching, what tickles our ears is everything's always going to work out and everything's going to be great and everything's, you know, if you serve God, you're never going to get sick and you're going to have all kinds of money and all the possessions that you ask for, have enough faith, serve God, you'll never have any problems. And that is not what the Bible teaches at all. They rejected Christ, they will reject us. Yes. Bad things happen to good people. It's yes. all throughout Scripture. Amen. But there's one piece that holds it all together. Mm -hmm. God has a plan. Yep. Yeah. When the enemy can get you and I to doubt God's plan, yes. that he will cause us to give up Amen. and call God a liar. Amen. Yes. But if we will hold on to the fact and the truth that God always has a plan. Amen. And look, even the disciples lost sight of God's plan when Christ was crucified because what did they do? When things were at its darkest moment, the one they had followed, the one they had served, the one they had believed was the Savior, that was the Messiah, that was God, the Son of God, right? Mm -hmm. When he died, they lost sight of God's plan. Yep. They ran. Amen. They forgot all the promises Christ made. And if you read the Gospels, he was honest with them. They're going to take me and kill me. Peter, Peter's rebuked Christ for even saying that they were going to hurt him. Uh -huh. yes. He told them what was going to happen, but they lost sight of God's plan. Yeah. So when the bad things happened, they scattered and ran. Uh -huh. Right? Because what's our natural reaction to bad things happening? Running the opposite direction. Amen. We get mad at God, we get angry at God, we get frustrated at God, and we want to give up. Amen. But we must always hold to the promise in this word mm -hmm. that God always has a purpose and a plan for us. Amen. If you, here's the thing. If you are serving him, if you're, if you're his child, mm -hmm. if you are serving him, you're in a right relationship with him, mm -hmm. then he is orchestrating the steps in your life. Yes. For the steps of a righteous man are yes. ordered by God. Amen. That's right in there. Amen.
That's the truth. Yes. Does it say the steps of an unrighteous man are ordered by God? Right. The steps of a righteous man. Amen. We cannot be living in sin and expect God to orchestrate our steps. Right? If we're making poor choices, if we're making bad decisions, if we're living apart from Christ, then, then those bad things, those things that are consequences of our bad decisions, we can't blame God for those. Right. But if I'm walking with Christ and my eyes are centered upon him and bad things happen, I can take solace in the fact that he has a plan. Amen. He has a plan. Amen. So whenever the devil comes to torment you with fear, and anger and bitterness. Remember, say that to yourself. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. Here's Curtis's translation. If you are walking with Christ, he walks with you and will ensure that you walk in the right direction. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Don't let the enemy convince you that God is a liar. Because mm -hmm. that's what he did to Eve that God did not tell her the whole truth. How many times does the devil try to convince us that God is keeping something from us on purpose? Deceive us into believing that God is keeping something good from us. He strives daily to do that in each one of our lives. He allows, he works through, so when bad things happen, he's right there in your ear to drown out the truth of God's word, yeah. to convince you that God has forgotten about you, that God doesn't want to bless you, that God has, you know, doesn't want to take care of you, that God doesn't want to meet your needs, that God doesn't care about you. Look where you're at now. Look what happened. God must not love you. But the truth of God's word says he does love us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He does love us. Even when we go through bad things. And it is so critical that when you and I are going through struggles in this world. That we hold on to God's truth. And listen. That may mean we need to get into his word and start absorbing his truth. Yeah. Because see, if you aren't absorbing his truth, mm -hmm. you can't apply that truth. Right. right? So here's it's like this. You're shackled, right? Yep. Now the key is available to you. You could have picked up the key before you were ever shackled. That's right. Wow. That's right. That's good. Right? Yep. He gave you the key before you were ever shackled, mm -hmm. but you left it on the table next to the nightstand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? It's got some dust on the key. Uh-oh. Right? It's a little uh, rusted. It's just been sitting there, not touched. And then one day you're bound, and you don't have no truth to set you free. Mm -hmm. Because you have not absorbed the truth. I have not absorbed the truth and I cannot reach the key. We must be absorbing the truth in the good times so that we can be free in the bad times. Right? Now it's easy for me to get up there and preach that. 
Like it's, it's, oh, that's so simple. If I just read God's word, I'll never be upset. I'll never be sad. I'll never blah, 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 blah. Right? It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Amen. If it was easy, I wouldn't suffer with fear and anxiety because I've been studying God's word for decades. Right? If it was easy to apply God's truth, then everyone would be doing it and everyone would be happy all the time and free all the time and joy all the time and peace all the time. But it's hard. Joy and peace, those are available to us all the time. But you have to apply the truth of God's word to be able to live in joy and peace. The application of God's word is not easy. That's why James said, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. And God will give you wisdom. Wisdom is the application of God's truth to our lives. Right? So if you and I lack wisdom and don't know how to apply God's truth, ask and he'll show us. Yeah. Right? How many of you have had an occasion where you were struggling and God brought a scripture out of nowhere to give you peace? Yep. I have. Yep. Where I was spiraling out of control by myself, worried and afraid, and then out of nowhere a scripture comes. And don't you just get the biggest sense of peace because you know it was God who sent it your way? Yes. Maybe it isn't that he sent it to you directly in your memory, but someone, a brother and sister in Christ out of nowhere, sends you a bit of truth Amen. your way. Yeah. Right? Yep. Amen. Some of us doubt our salvation and we're held bondage by that. Uh-huh. I've had periods in my life where I've doubted that God could possibly love me. How can he forgive me for what I've done in my past when I ran from God for those years? And I was angry and I was bitter and I cursed God and I yelled at God and I was angry at God and I threw temper tantrums at God. And I will tell you, I blasphemed. I yelled at God and I questioned his goodness and I questioned him, his faithfulness. I was not a good person during that time. And I, to this day, sometimes struggle with, could God really forgive me for that? Right? Because the devil likes to come in and make you question those things. Did God really forgive you? How could God really forgive you? Right? I mean, I'm, I'm 44 years old, almost. I've been in church since I was three, three or four years old. Right? I've been taught the Bible since I was that age in Sunday school. All of these things. But even, even knowing that God demonstrated his love for me and that while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. I forget that. And even knowing that if, I'm, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to confess forgive me of my sins, and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness, right? Even knowing that if uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, right? If I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that he has risen from the dead, then I am saved. Even knowing all those truths, right? Sometimes I still doubt, could God have mercy on me? Mm -hmm. Right? I still doubt because I know what I did. I know what I thought. I know what I said when nobody else was paying attention. I knew what I was doing was wrong. Yeah. How could God forgive me? It's not about me. It's about the truth of his word. Yes. Amen. It's not about who I am. It's about who he is. Amen. Yeah. Right? And so we shouldn't doubt that. Be held in bondage by that. Amen. We don't have to be held in bondage by anger and bitterness that dominates our lives. Mm-hmm. God... He doesn't want us to live angry all the time and bitter all the time. Amen. He wants to set us free from those things. Mm-hmm. But the enemy lies to us so much and we begin to believe the lie. Amen. Right? 
and it begins to permeate our minds, and then it permeates our souls, yep. right? And eventually we relegate the Holy Spirit to the back corner, that's right. and we yep. drown out his voice that's trying to help us. We drown it out with bitterness and anger. Someone hurt us. We didn't like something that happened one time in the circus. Yeah. Right? Well, that brother and sister said that they were they were a good Christian, and then they spoke of something to me that hurt my feelings. We become church hurt and angry, bitter, right? Someone didn't treat us the right way or say the right thing. Someone maybe led us to believe that they were their, our friend or right and then all of a sudden when we, when we need them the most they weren't there yeah. they just cut us off <laughs> right they let they let us on yeah and become angry and bitter okay. jesus said i'm the friend that's sticking closer than a brother yes we don't need other friends Thank that have abandoned us because we have the ultimate friend yes right you and I, the devil, he causes us to doubt our place in the kingdom. But but the Bible tells us that it, Paul wrote that we can call him father and not just father. We can call him daddy. Yeah. Because we have been adopted. We've been made heirs of Christ. All of these things that would hold us in bondage. Mm -hmm. These doubts and all of these things. The truth is what sets us free. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? sets us free firstly from sin but then the truth is there throughout the entirety of our lives until the day that we breathe our last breath and we actually look into the eyes of truth he's there with us that truth is with us to keep us free Amen. don't lock yourself away in a cage because you're free already Know that you're free. Yes. You were free when you called upon Christ as Lord and Savior. You were set free. Don't let the enemy convince you to lock yourself away. Amen. Because you're free. Amen. And part of being free is knowing that you are free. Amen. Yes. You are no longer in bondage. Because when the Son sets free, it's free. Indeed. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach a loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 224. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.